Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and I'm so happy you've joined us again this week. We have a very interesting topic today and a very, very special guest. So we're going to be talking about going to the gym when you're blind or partially sighted. And uh, my co-host today is John. Welcome back, John. Hey, how's it going? Good. So I'm really happy that you're co-hosting with me today because you're pretty athletic. Lots of gym experience, right? Yep. Lots of experience. <laughs> yes. Okay. You could just call me a gym rat. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we are joined by Miss British Columbia, but actually Miss Canada because she won the Supra National Canada pageant uh welcome jessica bailey thank you for having me it's so nice to be here yeah thanks for joining us so i mean definitely in my mind i would not think that a beauty pageant winner would be here for a topic on going to the gym so that's like interesting already but jessica bailey is also a personal trainer and recently started uh, um, offering some classes to people who are blind or partially sighted. And I've attended several of those classes and I'm really enjoying it. And I thought this would be a really interesting conversation for people to hear, to learn more about what, what you're doing and why you're doing it and maybe how they can get involved too. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's really cool to have a platform to be able to speak a lot, speak to a lot of people in the community about it. I don't even know where to start because I feel like I want to know about the pageant thing, but like, when did you get involved in pageants? Well, I actually was signed up for a pageant by my mom in my first year of university. It was something that I'd always been interested in, but I myself never really took the initiative to sign up for. Um, but at that time, I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it or the potential outreach that could come from it. So I kind of did it at that point. I was 18. I didn't really have the best experience because I didn't really know who I was as a person. And then during COVID, about five years later, I chose to re-enter because I wanted to see kind of how much I had grown and compare the experiences. And I definitely found that there is just so much to be able to be utilized from going into pageants to begin with. I know it seems very foreign to a lot of people, but there's a lot of really cool things that do come from it. One of it being the program that I started. So it was, it was really good. And I'm happy that I got back into pageants. So, I mean, I used to watch, you know, Miss America, or I don't even know what I was watching on TV, but I used to watch some pageants and I just remember <laughs> like, it was all about beauty, you know, like how you looked in 
in all your things and then a talent. And I, but there's another component. It's, it's more than that, right? Can you talk about sort of the, the project or the volunteer component? Yes, for sure. Um, you're definitely right. A lot of people see what's on the stage, but there is a big part of the com- component that is actually off stage. Um, I actually noticed it when I went to the pageant because every single person I came in contact with there that was competing was taking initiative in their communities and doing insane things, especially for people that were already so busy. So the pageant that I entered was Miss World Canada, which has a big component called Beauty with a Purpose. And what that encompass is basically what is your purpose in life and how are you going to give back to the world that you're in? Um, a big part for me was I already had a passion for the disabled community in general because of you, Sean, actually. Um, you came and talked to my class in university, which was an adapted physiology class. And it sparked an interest in making sure that people had equal access to recreational facilities. So I want to say thank you to you for that. And thank you for giving me a beauty with a purpose, because that was something that really touched home for me. And I wanted to be able to give back and follow my passions there. So, yeah. Yeah. Funny side note. So the very first uh, time that I met Jessica, well, it wasn't, turns out, wasn't the first time, but first time I showed up to do a workout, she met me at the SkyTrain. We were walking over to the gym and I was just chatting a little bit about my, my experience with sport. And she recognized my story from when I talked to her class and she's like, wait a minute, did you come to Trinity Western ever and talk to a class? And I was like, yeah. So we realized we sort of had already met before, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. And now you're doing a podcast. It's fate. Yeah, totally. How it's grown. Yes. So, okay. So you tried the pageant thing, you, you, it, it wasn't awesome. You came back to it five years later, but in between all of that, you also became a personal trainer. So where does that fit in? So I was in university following a psychology degree, and then I realized it was not my form of learning at all. I personally am a person that likes to have hands-on work and be able to move. And I still want to be able to help people. So I chose to to go down a career of um, kinesiology because I myself was a university athlete as well. So it kind of seemed hand in hand. And I didn't actually realize that personal training could be so um, broad when it came to the communities that you're able to work with. Um, After graduating during the pandemic, I was looking for a job and I got hired at a clinical exercise physiologist office, which is basically a very fancy way of being able to say a a facility that works with individuals with chronic health conditions. And while working there, I actually came in contact with someone with vision impairment. So she was this young 18 year old, had never been able to actually step into a gym before because she just didn't feel confident doing so. So when I heard about that, I was like, okay, I feel as though, and to give a side note, this facility, I'm not going to mention names. It was very expensive for people to be going to, to begin with. So on a side note, I just, my heart ached and I felt a calling for social justice. And I found that I wanted to be able to incorporate my degree to be able to give back to that community. 
And so I was like, okay, personal training for people with vision impairment and the blind community, that's something that I could do. So that's kind of what brought me to this point, I guess, to begin with. So John, let's talk a little bit about what going to the gym is like when you're blind, because I definitely feel like, well, as my vision has decreased, it's become harder and harder. So, you know, if we're talking like a gym in an apartment building that has three cardio machines and a shelf of weight, like hand weights, that's fine. (laughs) But when we're talking like a bigger gym where there's other people and people don't necessarily put things back where they belong and you're like, you know, not really sure. I can't tell if somebody's on a machine unless I go to sit down and they're there. (laughs) So um, what's it like for you, John, going to the gym? Well, I've been, I've been to a number of uh, different gyms now, community centers and higher, higher end gyms. And, and you and I have actually been to a number of gyms together as we've explored our, uh, our abilities to try and train and become better athletes. And it, for me, it, um, it comes down to like comfortability because I, with my vision level, I can still see a bit depending on the lighting. Mm -hmm. And it always seems that lots of gyms have dark floors and everything else is dark and their lighting's dark. So it's like, Oh, can't, this is going to be, yeah, it's more like exploration. And then there are some, there are some gyms where um, you got comfortable enough that I can, I can go around and I'll use, I'll be able to figure out most of the stuff, but (laughs) yeah, in general, it's a bit of a exploration, but for, for me, it's like, I, I need to do this. So let's figure this out. And and yeah, and generally speaking, community center gyms don't have staff around too much. So you're kind of literally fondling around in the dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the cardio machines are touchscreen. So, you know, if I can, you know, sometimes a simplified, I can, I can find the start button and the up and down to make the speed of the machine go up and down if it's a treadmill or something, but like something like an elliptical requires you to put in your weight and put in which, which, um, which type of workout you want and how many minutes and all these extra things. And if you can't see the screen, it's just way too involved. And even to ask for help every time, you know, a lot of people like to do like 20 minutes on this machine and then 20 minutes on that machine. And I feel like, okay, if I got help to start me on one machine, I better darn well stay there (laughs) for the whole time. Uh, otherwise I have to find the person to get help again. So it's not great. As other as groups of athletes, we've gone together with people and we're relying on the person with the most vision mm-hmm. to try and figure things out for everyone else and then lead us through things. And then you just try and figure it out uh, as a group and like, OK, now that now we know, you know, how to do this. I'm going to go help this next person. And then that person's going to be behind and you're all just full passing things on. <laughs> well, and the other thing is form. So if yeah. we're getting into like <laughs> lifting weights and you can't see, you can't see yourself in the mirror. You're not really sure. You don't see what other people are doing and what it's supposed to look like. And so you could easily be doing it wrong and possibly hurting yourself too. Yes. I still remember the time when, uh, Sean tried to explain clean and jerks to us. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was really lucky because I've been an athlete I, well, I don't know if I'm an athlete now. I don't know. You feels are. Like it's a bit of a big word to describe what I do now, but when I was training, I did like have opportunities to work with coaches and 
you know, other elite athletes and learn some, some of that lifting and, and have somebody there. But once you don't have a coach anymore, it's kind of, I don't, I only do weights when I have a coach until I met Jessica, that is. (laughs) So let's bring you back into the conversation. So (laughs) you decided that you had a calling. This is something you wanted to do. So how, what happened next? What did you do? Well, I didn't really know how to get involved into the blind community. If I'm being fully transparent, of Mm -hmm. course, I myself am not a part of it. So I reached out to um, BC Blind Sport because that was the group that ran goalball at my university. So that was my first point of contact, um, which I think you both are participants of, right? Well, I haven't played since I became a parent. So like eight (laughs) years, but I was big into goalball and yeah, John still plays goalball. And I guess we should explain goalball a little bit. Uh, we haven't, we've sort of made reference to it on the podcast before, but it's a Paralympic sport for the blind where everybody wears a blindfold. There's three players on each team on the court at, at any given time. Um, and there's markings on the floor that you can feel. So, you know, where you are, there's a center and two wingers and your the ball is like the size of a basketball, but a little bit heavier with bells in it. And you're trying to get it past the three players on the other side of the court and into the goal, which is the whole width of the court. And the way you stop the ball is by diving on the floor and blocking it with your body. So it's very physical, um, really fun and, uh, it's super competitive, but also like, it's the only sport that was actually designed for the blind. So that's pretty cool. So you got to try goalball. What was that like, Jessica? I'm not going to lie. It is so hard. (laughs) I like to think I'm an athletic person. I found out that day that I'm apparently not. (laughs) It was was such a cool. It's fun. I love It's fun to watch sighted people get disoriented with their blindfolds (laughs) on. Not going to lie. That's like, (laughs) that was me. It's it's almost like a good fun test because I've gone around with, um, the people from BC Blind Sports to different schools for the elementary, the high school, and the university, and it, it you really can kind of see people's mentalities of certain things. Like I've seen people like completely throw themselves right into it. Some people are hesitant, but they'll still do it. And I've seen some people just stand there with their arms crossed, like I don't know why I've got this blindfold on. So right. it's, been, it's been quite yeah. And even there's some kids that picked it up so fast they're like they're they're pretty much full on trying everything because we also demo it sometimes. So they're trying to copy us and. It was very funny to watch. It's always funny to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but man, is that a fast-paced sport? I won't lie. I don't think my class was playing it fast sport, but for me, learning, it was very fast, if I dare say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anybody's interested in checking out goalball, if you go on YouTube and type in Paralympic goalball, you can see, I don't know, John, do you know like how fast some of the balls that the men's teams throw at the Paralympic level? It's like... So the, fast, got, the fastest shooters are going around at um, anywhere between 70 to 75 kilometers an hour. And that's the top. It's probably goes a little bit higher. It can bit more than that depends on the day. So what? yeah, it's crazy. So you're blind, you're on the other court and you're listening for where that ball is. And then in the time that it's coming across to you, you've got to dive and block it. And if it's coming at 75 K like <laughs> it's crazy. And I actually, I actually asked them, some of our other, some of our other blind friends who are good at um, physics. I was like, for curiosity's sake, 
if a ball about two and a half uh, pounds is traveling at 75 kilometers an hour and you've got nine meters to decide on the reaction, how hard is that ball actually hitting you? And we measured it around 15. It's getting hit by a 15 pound ball by the time really? it hits you. Yeah, I was like, well, no wonder that hurts so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be painful. <laughs> okay, so you got to play goalball, you met you met BC Blind Sports, and then yes. you approached them. Yeah, so I chose to try and take a little bit more initiative. So I reached out to, uh, it was kind of hard because the time that I reached out, you guys were actually at the Paralympics. So there was not a lot of context that were still here in Canada because most of the people were actually traveling with the team. But mm -hmm. I got in, in touch with Susan, um, who is a big pillar in the um, BC Blind Sports community. And she reached out to me and first was asking kind of, why are you doing this? Um, which is a very fair question because it was very obscure for me to just come up and be like, hey, I want to do this. I want to make sure that it's accessible for all. Um, so she was asking kind of like my passion behind it. And I think from that, we kind of bonded because we both kind of talked about um, her personal experiences and I myself kind of wanting to be able to give back to the community. And then from there, she actually came to my workplace. So she came to Innovative Fitness Port Moody. Shout out to them. Thank you so much for letting us use your space. Um, but she came in, she checked out the area to see if it actually was one close enough to public transit that it would be realistic for people to be able to show up, but also that it was safe for everybody because I know a lot of gyms, well, you know, I don't personally know, but from my knowledge, um, a lot of gyms aren't actually fully accessible to even get into, let alone be able to participate safely. If you guys have anything to say on that. Well, yeah, I, I guess like John was saying, the, the so lighting, yeah, to get into because yeah, I've because there are there are a lot of little gyms that are just like literally community center gyms and and then there's like there's the big ones like um like Club Sixteen and the Fitness World and all those really all those really fancy ones. So it's like oh, if it, five bucks to get in this gym for drop in or whatever, or it's like a twenty five dollar membership or something. So it also becomes financial for some people, and you're just trying to find a place where you can go on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny so I mean I got the email from BC Blind Sports that they sent out you know sort of promoting what you were offering but very clearly this is not a blind sports program and kind of like <laughs> you know my impression was sort of like okay some person wants to do good is offering this thing some free classes <laughs> like I don't know what this is going to be I was I was a little bit cynical um I forwarded it to a few of my visually impaired friends and I but I was like but heck, it's in my neighborhood. It's an opportunity to go to the gym. It, for it's free. free. I will check this out. <laughs> I, I won't lie. When they sent out that email, I was like, honestly, all power to you because I understand you don't even know like if this is going to be anything good. So I could tell that they were like, this is what's happening, but we take zero responsibility, but that's what's happening. <laughs> I saw that email too. I was like, free trainer sessions i'm like oh I, it's like anytime i see free train i'm like yeah sure then i saw the time i was like man if it was <laughs> on another day or something or if we hadn't just changed our schedule I'm like i would have i would have definitely come to check it out because i'm always down to try something new mm -hmm. <laughs> and we've also had a lot of trainers over the years that 
we've been prior when we were training for national team stuff or that we've also searched at ourselves at different gyms that we've gone to and the it depends on the people and the facilities most of the people we've worked with have all been accommodating and they're all learning on the fly trying to figure things out and it's also been like sometimes two of us would get the trainer and then the other six of us we would end up at the gym with eight blind people just copying this one workout i still remember those days where me sean and a bunch of other people we'd we'd literally take a whole room of this one gym and be like okay there's a bunch of blind people in here. Uh, I think the the people at the gym have figured this out now. So no one comes in here when we're running through there. Yes. And actually that was a cool, like it was just one big room. It wasn't, there wasn't equipment in that. Like there was things you could bring into the room, like medicine balls and things like that. But I, it worked well, I feel like, because there wasn't like barbells to trip over and machines and benches that like, you know, the more you rearrange the furniture, the less you're able to sort of figure out the space, right? So mm -hmm. if there's less furniture to begin with, then it's helpful. <laughs> well, that yeah. Because that was a, a place where the membership fee was pretty high and we got in because of national team access, there were less like random community people just coming in. All the people going in there were, I would say yeah. more um, very Elite. focused on what they were doing so they wouldn't be interrupting other people as much. So we it was pretty nice there for the time mm -hmm. we were there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, for sure. And I think one of the cool things that I thought that the program that I started had to offer was the fact that there is all of that equipment. So there's barbells, there's benches and all that stuff, but we have the control because it is a private facility to make sure that it's not being moved around a ton, that it's a potential hazard, which is really cool. Like shout again to Innovative Fitness Port Moody for making that possible because I personally think that everybody's capable of doing a lot more especially the blind community because I think a lot of people put like you guys in a little bit of a box when it comes to what you're capable of mm -hmm. oh that's so, definitely that definitely happens all the time and I like to break that box in front of people it's entertaining <laughs> well and yes and actually that like often when there is a program that is designed specifically for people with disabilities I feel like the bar is lowered like it's sort of you know it's going to be no offense to chair yoga but it's going to be chair yoga oh, instead of just regular <laughs> yoga like we can do regular yoga we don't need we're, we don't need to be in a chair we can <laughs> you know we can do balance stuff too like i, I, just it, I, I feel like <laughs> well exactly but it's the only thing offered so then it's like well that's your choice there's chair yoga or you can go to a regular program and honestly, yoga is accessible. Yoga is amazing. And most yoga instructors are the best at describing what to do because you're not supposed to look at them when you're doing the poses anyway. So I can go to a regular yoga class, but it's just an example. Yeah. So I was skeptical the first time I went out to this program was like, who's going to be there? Well, part of me felt like I was going to be the oldest person there. Um, is it just going to be a bunch of young people or, and, or is it going to be really like below my abilities <laughs> I, i'm not gonna no. lie i remember the first session you came in sean and i'm still learning of course uh it was my first session i was a little nervous i had gone through a guiding course with susan she kind of walked me through how to generally guide people and after the session i was like if anyone has any feedback please give me an email and Sean like hit me hard with like this long email of feedback. Well, yeah, that, 
<laughs> I did. Yes, I did. Well, you're getting critiqued by a former Paralympian. She she's she's she likes to go go go. She's a challenged person. She always will. She she she'll let you know if it's too easy for you. So uh, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. It, but I I think. Yeah, I debated, right? Like, well, do I want this to work for me? Or do I, am I going to just never go back? And, and no, it wasn't terrible. There was just a few things. Well, um, no, and I, I even said, I, I'm a big person for feedback. And the fact that I am so appreciative to this day for Sean being so honest with me. She was never rude in any way, shape or form. She was just telling me kind of like what her capabilities are. And I think from that day, from my personal opinion, I've been able to grow so much because that communication opened up where it's like, I know that I'm learning here. Please teach me and let me know what you want to be taught or like what you want to work on. And I thought that was kind of cool in a way because I was so happy she kind of like took that jump because I loved it in every way, shape and form. That email made me grin to the T, even though some people it might be their worst nightmare. <laughs> well, that's good. And really it was, it was like, you know, the first thing was we were warming up, we were doing arm circles and, and we were instructed, we could sit on the bench to do arm circles. Mm -hmm. And I was like, <laughs> we can stand to do arm circle. Like it was awkward because I'm doing this arm circle and I'm hitting my hands on the bench as they come around. Like I was a swimmer before I played goalball and I can do like crazy arm circles. So I, <laughs> I ended up standing up, I think, because it was just, you know, and then there was like an opportunity to, to do squats, but you could hold on to these bungee cords for balance while you squatted down. And I was like, do I have to hold on to the bungee cords? Like, can I just back up and let go and do a squat? Oh, like, I, I'm, I'm just picturing this shot there. What do you mean? I need that. I don't need that. <laughs> no, I don't need that. Well, no, I don't need that. I can do it. Don't worry. Yeah. But other people do. Like, some people might yeah. need that, and that's okay. <laughs> But I was just like, I sort of just did my own. I did kind of just let go and stand back and, and did did what I needed to do. But she asked for feedback, so I gave it to her. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It taught me so much because like a big part about that is I will fully admit, I think I was acting way too fragile with you guys. And mm -hmm. I, I was new to being able to like interact with the blind community on the regular. So I had kind of this weird fixation in my mind that like, I have to be super careful, gotta make sure no one gets hurt. And I think that that, um, that your feedback was such an awakening of kind of like, no, they, they're capable of so much more. I gotta change my mindset and actually push these people, which I think Sean regrets saying, because I do push her pretty hard now. <laughs> and, and to be fair, those are all perfectly logical things to think about. And it's like, also, again, Sean's a, go 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 like she, if there's a bunch of us she'll she likes to be at the front of the line she'll like to go but again not everyone's like that they'll some people will need a little more time and learn a bit mm -hmm. more stuff and as someone who's i've also i've just played goalball i also technically coach the team the, our youth too because we've had kids come through and i also am um, a volunteer coach for wrestling at my high school so i know that um everyone is different some of the, the they might have vision but that doesn't mean they can all do the same thing it's, it's fun to watch the fact that kids can't do um uh cartwheels and i'm like how come you guys can't do a cartwheel i'm like i was like you can see it can't you just do it i do have to say though after i gave my feedback 
things improved a lot. Like I, I, so Jessica offered four sessions, um, on Sundays for a month, basically. And I was able to attend the first one and the fourth one and something happened. Like I gave the feedback and then I didn't come for the next two weeks. And then I came back and I was, it was like a completely different experience. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the feedback was totally taken and, and things improved a lot. And I didn't feel any bit of like, Oh, the, the bar has been lowered for me. You know, it was, it just was like a really good workout. And even that first day, it was still a good workout. So what, what you had (laughs) planned was still great and, and really thoughtful in terms of like, if you can't do this, this is an easier version. And if you want a harder version, you can do this. Right. So sort of considering all abilities. Um, and I really, I think that's really great because we are a quite of an, an interesting mix of people and yes. abilities that are, and ages that have come out. Right. Oh, exactly. You definitely, um, you, you raise the bar sometimes with my planning, which is very, very fun. Um, but <laughs> I do, I do have to say though, it's been such a fun journey because I feel like from that first session to now, I've learned so much every single time, learning a little bit more about how I can describe something better or be able to coach something better. So it's been really cool, like personally to be able to kind of think differently and how something would apply better to someone with vision impairment compared to someone that is fully visual. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun, especially with the, with the, commu- the communication. Like I, again, I, I hope, you know, I didn't call you out for that email. That's probably been the highlight of my entire experience because that really set a traje- trajectory for my learning and for me to be able to just really absorb everything a lot more I think and it was a catalyst for it so I have to say thank you for that Sean oh you're welcome no it's <laughs> I'm glad I could help and it's benefited me because the workouts are awesome so <laughs> thank yeah. you um and for a curiosity sake for people who weren't it who couldn't go or haven't gone yet do you want to describe a quick quickly what um what one of the workouts was like, like what you, like, what was like more aerobic and like a lot of, Oh yeah. Jessica, why don't don't you talk us through like sort of the format of the workouts? Well, there's, there's a couple things I want to try and achieve with these programs. One was letting you guys be able to use equipment. You don't usually get to use in a gym. So I have gone some people using um, rowing machines, um, biking machines. I have a nice assault bike that I'm waiting for Sean to use next time, which will be very <laughs> fun. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're very general workouts that can be tailored depending on someone's um, physical capabilities. So for Sean, for, ex- uh, for example, I try and challenge her a lot more with weights and make it more resistance-based. With others, I do it all on a pacing system, so it's timed. And you can either choose to go heavier and go slower or to go faster and go quicker because obviously everyone has certain things that they want to focus on or certain capabilities or injuries. Um, I luckily have a lot of volunteers regularly. I have two volunteers that come in, one being a personal trainer himself. So it's very nice because they can help um, give cues and teach form. But in general, it's a mixture of uh, resistance-based training and a little bit of anaerobic as well. Um, but we try and stay away from long endurance because that's things that you can usually get on your own by being set up on a machine. And I feel like very rarely you guys are able to be with a bunch of free weights and 
being able to um, be fully submerged and have the queuing and stuff like that. So I want to try and utilize our for our uh, time to the best, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And what, one thing that's really cool is it, the gym is kind of set up. So we each, and maybe this is more specifically because of COVID, but <laughs> we each have our own designated section with the exact same layout as each other. So you know, we all have the bar, the weight bar, the whatever you call that. Um, we all have a bench, we all have a cardio machine, and they're all kind of positioned basically the same. So you're kind of, you know, she Jessica can give directions and we can all like, okay, go to you find the bar and to the left is your bungee and you're gonna be using that, or you know, to the right is the bench or whatever. So you've got your designated area. We're the only ones in the gym, which is also fantastic. So you're not mm-hmm. worried about other people watching and feeling embarrassed or anything like that. Everyone else is visually impaired. So even the people that are there can't see what you're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's nothing to worry about in terms of embarrassment. Um, and yeah, it's just really a safe environment. Um, you don't really have to navigate around the gym. Everything is brought to you, which is kind of great. So I feel like you've thought of everything. Oh, we'll stop it. Well, I, I do have to give a big shout out to COVID in some way or capacity because also because of that, we have really cool taping on our gym floor that is very high contrast. So for people that can see um, big differences in colors, we have these big yellow lines, which is because of COVID and putting directions, but we'll take it as it is. And it's awesome. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's interesting too, because during COVID, I went to look for a new uh, uh, I got. I went to look for a trainer myself, and when I went to their gym, they'd done the same thing. It's it was a CrossFit style gym, so they did this. They're like there's just boxes everywhere, and every box has a squat rack, a cardio machine, and a bunch of stuff. So everything was the same. And I was like, huh? I was like, was is this because the blind guy was coming in, or because of COVID? But I can see all these white lines. I know like I can stay <laughs> in the space, and no one's gonna run into me and all that stuff. So it was really nice. I'm like, so COVID did a good thing there. Yeah, that is cool. And squat well, even, rack, that's what it's called. Thank you. Yeah. And even the, trainer, <laughs> the trainer herself, she's one of, she's one of the owners. She's like, yeah, you know, I kind of like this format because now there people aren't walking side to side with all these plates and it's not all on one side. It's like, you, you got a good amount of stuff. And every time there's a, for classes, um, everyone has their own box and like, you don't have to move too many things. You just, everything stays in the same thing. You clean it up when you, you um, spray it down when you're done and it's all good. The next class can just walk straight in. It's pretty nicely mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did this tie into the pageant thing? Cause this was like, did this help you become Miss Canada? Well, yes, in some capacity, because we had to choose our view, the purpose. And I myself, I'm already very passionate about this. It's just the pageant was a catalyst for me to actually get involved and do something about it. So it gave me motivation and a time frame, which as a trainer, I love short term goals, because it's actually when you actually get things done. So in a way, me being able to start this program, yes, it did help, help me in the pageant, but I feel as though it's kind of helped me find my passion in life because I want to grow this into something a lot larger because I think there is a need for it out there. And I think it has the footing and the base to be able to be something that is more of a nationally run organization rather than just in beautiful Port Moody. So what is your dream? What's the big 
goal here? What's your hope? Well, my big dream is I would love, I would absolutely love to start a fully accessible gym in BC, which would be amazing. But I do understand that that is just helping in one area. So starting educational programs where you can go into gym facilities and actually teach people how you can get people that have vision impairments set up on machines and how to guide them through the area and how to make it a little bit more accessible for them would be a big one. Um, another one is finding other like-minded personal trainers across Canada that could run programs like this on whatever days, depending on what works with the people, um, to make sure that there is actually more of an accessible group of people to be able to teach fitness so that you are able to have your own means of being able to work out safely on your own. Because I think a big part of the fitness industry is that they don't really as Sean has said before in my class, when she came to our school, there isn't a great um, educational base when it comes to teaching people with vision impairment, how to work out in proper form in PE class to begin with. So making sure that there's programs in place to be able to do that would be a really awesome thing. So there's a lot of components there, but the main focus is being able to reach as many people as possible across Canada, making sure that they all have equal access. And also, I would love to grow it to larger than just the vision impaired community, like to people with all disabilities. But for now, I feel like this is a really good focal point. Mm, and I cool. think that's kind of, um, that's really interesting and also somewhat ironic because right when you, right when I saw your email, um, during the pandemic, uh, everyone's buying their own equipment to make their own little home gyms because you couldn't go to the gym. And I had actually done that. I bought a squat rack and some stuff to really just change it up. And I was actually... I, st I started offering to members of our goalball team to just come over on Saturdays because they wanted to work up and have someone to actually show them because I, I haven't actually done the personal training course yet, but I've had 15 years of being trained by trainers and going to the gym. So we're doing a lot of basic stuff. And I just thought it was kind of funny that when I was thinking of doing that, you also did it too. Yeah. And then also just on the podcast alone, we've talked to other people who are all thinking the same thing, like with, um, well, just name things like when, we had Tyler on and he was talking about his online training mm -hmm. things that you could do. And then Whitley, who's doing our yoga and our fitness that we're trying to do just zoom workouts with all the people at home who are visually impaired. So it's all kind of working out at the same time because of COVID at the, as well. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. There's a few people like in, in some ways in, I think COVID has made working out more accessible for mm -hmm. people who are blind, which is ironic but it's like, if, if online classes are becoming a thing, well, that, that takes away that whole accessibility issue or. At least uh, yeah. one of them, but yeah, for, if, for basic workouts like that and yoga, like we can, we do yoga and it's really easy to do. Cause again, like you don't have to see the instructor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if you're going to have a program and everyone gets their own, you know, if the gym's set up and everyone gets their own little quad or whatever, that's like, makes it easier again. Right. So I, I just fully agree with you there. It's kind of cool because I think with, especially COVID it's made people, especially those that are like fully abled, we didn't even have access to gyms for a little bit there. So I feel like it created that empathy in some aspects, but then also with people sitting at homes and at, sitting at their homes and having some time to kind of think of what they want to do with their lives in some aspects, it's created a lot of really cool things. I think there's a lot of great 
pros that are going to come from such a negative idea around the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it's it's awesome to see these things kind of popping up. I'm glad to be a part of it and to be able to just do my part to try and give as much as I can to the community. Was there anything that really surprised you when you started doing this, like sort of your vision of what you thought it was going to look like compared to what it actually turned out to be so far? I think when I first started, as I said earlier to you, I definitely, I underestimated the capabilities of the blind community for sure. Like not that I had any, um, misfaith in what they're able of doing but I think I just thought that babying them was okay but I think since learning through these programs about how much you guys are able to do I've learned a lot in my own perspective on how to treat people with disabilities in general and how people are so much more able than people give them the uh the respect that they deserve for um Another big thing about this one that I've learned going through this journey is kind of the how easy it is to kind of start something in your community. And I know it sounds daunting, but it's just like little baby steps. Like sending that first email to BC Blind Sports was so daunting for me for some reason, but it was just like one baby step after the other, after the other. And now I'm like, okay, cool. We've done seven sessions already. This is really awesome. And it's like just getting that ball rolling is actually not as difficult as I thought it was. I thought to do something like this, you had to have like a master's degree with like a physiotherapy background. I'm not saying I'm not educated. I am very educated and I know what I'm talking about, but I just, it's really cool to see that everyone has the capability of making a difference, you know? Yeah. So currently on Sundays, Um, at 11 a.m. in Port Moody for people who live in Metro Vancouver in British Columbia. Um, It's $20 a session for anybody who wants to come, which is really reasonable for base, you know, it, yeah. You know, if you're getting like, well, I've been getting some one-on-ones with Jessica for $20 (laughs) a session. So that's pretty fantastic. But I think the most you've had is four people. So it's not like there's 30 of us, right? I mean, hopefully that'll grow. I'm sure mm-hmm. you'd love to see more people coming out. Um, but yeah, and and potentially if there was 30 of us, we could drop the price a little bit probably. Most definitely. And honestly, if there is, when we have more people coming out, we can open up more sessions. It's, it's more so right now we're trying to find a good basis of a community of people that are consistently coming out. We're going to probably start and look at better ways of making it more of a consistent turnout to these workouts. But just because obviously I still have to pay a little bit of rent for the facility to begin with, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be something that I want to make affordable because I still think that you guys should be able to pay normal prices. You shouldn't have to pay a super high amount of fees for something that should be attained by anybody but um yeah I'm hoping maybe John will get a session going not on a Sunday just for you we'll see <laughs> <laughs> or if, if, if it was at 10 if it went from 10 to 11 that'd be workable because then I have some time I mean I already <laughs> go from one thing to another on Sunday I go straight to hockey right after goal ball so oh you can just pull a triple then and do yeah 10 would work for me too that gets done sooner <laughs> then we could get we can get some of the other guys to go because the part of the reason they don't go too because they I've got I've got at least four guys that come to, that could probably go but they're also going to goal ball too 
Right. Well, we so can Sundays, talk about that. Sunday's a big day for the other sports. So you're losing some of the athletic people. Um, if somebody is interested or wants to come and check it out or try it, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, definitely. You can reach me at my email with it, which is J Bailey. So J B A I L E Y at innovative fitness.com. Um, that's my professional email. So if you ever want to try and contact me or get involved with the program, please email me there or even just word of mouth. I know a lot of people that do come already like Sean herself. I'm sure she'd be willing to pass mm-hmm. on her in, my information to you guys. But honestly, the more the merrier. We're trying to really build this. And again, we want to try and make it more flexible with time so that more people are able to come out. So even if you just express interest and there isn't a time yet, um, just knowing that there is um, people that want to go at that point of the day would be helpful. So yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. And you don't have to be a former Paralympic athlete to do okay. this. You can, it's all levels, right? Yes. So I, I actually still currently work as a clinical exercise physiologist. So I work from people that are marathon runners all the way to people that are fully wheelchair wheelchair bound so I'm able to work with people of all different levels so do not be afraid I will be nice maybe for the first session we'll see about the second but uh, (laughs) historically I think if you don't uh dislike your trainer at a certain point they're not working you hard enough so I always tell my (laughs) trainer I don't like you today it's a love-hate relationship I'll admit it (laughs) I gotta say after one of the workouts the first one that it was just Jessica and I one-on-one um I think it was the next night I was I was kind of like half sort of lying sitting on the couch and I went to reach for my water on the coffee table beside me to the left (laughs) and my abs were so sore that I spilled my water when I tried to pick it up I was just in so much pain from like plank type things which are <laughs> awful but anyway it's, it's but because it's it does... you're getting back into it son no i know <laughs> well that's the thing i hadn't done that in a long time now i feel better so it's been a few weeks of doing that regularly and it's i can drink my water again without spilling <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> small small wins <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us jessica this has thank been you. really great and i hope that we get some new people coming out I really, really strongly recommend come and try it. It's really great. Um, There's no commitment. You can come once and if you hate it, you don't have to come again or you could just send Jessica an email with your feedback. And (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, but seriously, come and and give it a try. And if uh, reaching Jessica, you can also send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca and I'll put you in touch with Jessica. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, John, for joining me today. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast with a friend, subscribe, like, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, 
Visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.